Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Peaks. I'm Jason Friesma, Chief Clinical Officer here at Peaks Recovery. Co-host Chris Burns, President, Founder. Hello, my friends. Peaks Recovery Centers. And then uh, our guest today, Nicole Gordon, uh, Level 4 CrossFit Instructor mm -hmm. um, and part of our movement team, uh, act Activity Director, what did you call yeah. it? I'm yeah. sorry. Activities Director. Activities Director. 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 Really kind yeah. of the Director of yeah. Fun. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to have you on here uh, today. Um, I mentioned in our last episode, Chris, when we were talking, uh, just about how uh, we've been working on um, enhancing and, and updating our curriculum. And I think one of the most exciting things we are doing is uh, integrating movement, mm -hmm. right? We initially, I think, were throwing the word CrossFit around a fair amount. Um, mm -hmm. And that has uh, uh, some implications to it, and, it and it can be a little bit intimidating mm -hmm. uh, to people. So we, we really just label it movement, because um, that's kind of what it's about. So um, Nicole, what, what brought you to Peaks? Like, I'm, I'm really curious about your origin story. Oh, you don't know my origin story? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I suspect it involves Dan Hugel, but it yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm super, I, I'm very grateful to Dan. Uh, in, in many ways, Dan has changed my life, but yes, he, Dan and I met about a year and a half ago when we were both at an event for Redemption Road Fitness Foundation. Um, I'm actually the executive director for that nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And we were both at an event, and Dan is just um, a very large, larger-than-life human being. And anyway, at that event, I made sure that I introduced myself and just stayed in contact with Dan. He um, worked at the Phoenix at the time and then transitioned over the, our time, you know, uh, volunteering together at the Phoenix as well, transitioned to here at Peaks, which he was super pumped about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just kept having conversations with me about it. And I was, he was just like telling me his vision on, on movement here. And, um, and as always, I mean, when you're around Dan, you're just like excited for him. Yeah. Just you because he's excited, be excited. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so he just, uh, I don't know how the story is like, he he brought me in, yeah. right? The he's one like, you got to meet like, my friend Nicole. Me, yeah, you got to meet Nicole. He's telling me I got to yeah. just meet all the people there. And I'm like, okay, so we go in with my mask and yeah. you know say hi to everybody, yeah. which was and everyone you know super kind. And we're at yeah. this big conference table, and it was like, okay, see you later, nice to meet you. Yeah. And then um, maybe a few weeks later, two or three weeks later, Dan said, I, I want you to come in and talk to Brandon, yeah. and um, which I must confess uh, at the on that day i didn't remember exactly who brandon was like title wise oh, yeah. the door was already open sure. i was sort of nervous because i didn't really know what the meeting was about sure other yeah. than just another talk yeah. i thought we were having sure yeah um, casual super casual yeah. he's in shorts yeah. i'm in probably workout like clothes CEO. too um and we just had a really great discussion and then he's like well i'll uh let you know what the offer is, and and I'm like, oh, oh, we were we were having an interview. Yeah, awesome. Wow, I didn't. I would have been nervous. No, we know. Had, yeah. were having an interview. It's like this looks great. Um, and, and then I see the plaque on the way out, and I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, so that was my that's really that's funny. my story. Yeah. So, cool. you know, coming in, I guess I kind of want to ask you, like, what what ideas you had coming in, and then maybe how that's met with reality. We were talking mm. a little before yeah. the show, like that it's it's kind of different working in a gym where everybody kind of comes in and e full of eagerness and ready to work out and all that. Like, how do you, 
How, how is expectation versus reality? Um, so let me start with my time with Brandon in the office was actually a little bit more, I, I felt geared towards like the nutrition side because that's what my degree is in. Um, and so I, I think I left there thinking like maybe I would have a contribution more in that realm, maybe be an assistant to Dan in the fitness realm, but potentially have um, more input on that side. So I think that's, and, and there was no particular reason other than that subject came up a couple times. So I think that's just where my mind went. Um, but after being here, it, I think initially it was just, we weren't really sure what we were doing other than we were doing some fitness stuff yeah. with clients, mm -hmm. right? And so I think Dan and I drawing upon our background, um, you know, with various people that we've worked with over the course of our time, um, I've owned a gym in, a pa in the past. I worked for CrossFit, the company, for, for 12 years. And so um, my experience with different types of people all over this world, I felt really like at ease just being with new people mm -hmm. and teaching. Um, but I think, I think the shift was, for me anyway, as I was alluding to earlier, is just recognizing that not everyone is super excited and enthusiastic about movement. So um, my shift in my mind went from like, oh, I'm just going to teach people how to move to, oh, wait, I have to inspire people to want to move. Yeah. And that was the change. Yeah. And so then in my mind, the education side, um, while, while there's always education around movement and fitness, it just, it just shifted where the education was coming from, so, yeah. And the place that it really comes from. It's almost like it anchors back into that, um, that quote that I, I stole from Theodore Roosevelt on the front end of Peaks, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Oh, yeah. And there's that yeah. shift, and I'm actually drawn to a time, one of the first uh, classes I got to do with you and Dan, and at the end of it, we were all kind of emotional. Mm. Um, and maybe you wanted to tell the people, like, what was that about? Because you've been in a lot of places with a lot of different people and a lot of, um, integrated moments and spiritual moments. Oh, yeah. What was it about that inflection point of like your career and you as a human and that moment with the women over at Brook Park that oh day? Oh my gosh, I don't, I am, I am emotional yeah. any, wait, anyway. Uh -huh. And so potentially just being in that moment and recognizing that they were inspired inspires me. Yeah. Like it's just this gift. When somebody says, Nicole, and not with words, right? Mm -hmm. When somebody's basically saying in, in their body language and in their, um, their willingness to participate, even though I, I know it's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. when somebody steps into you and says, I give you this gift of trust, mm -hmm. that feels emotional to yeah. me, right? And so I think probably it was that at that time. Um, but there's a flip side to that too. When when you when I recognize that maybe I haven't earned somebody's trust yet, mm. and there's it's like what am I? What can I do? What can I change? How can I be? Um, and I think sometimes if if there's something for me to work on, is it it I can do as much as possible, but I can't take on you know yeah. every part of that. I just exactly. hope that at the end of their time that in some small way, they're just at least intrigued yeah. a little bit. And I, yeah. I love that there's grace and compassion in there too. There's so much because what you're talking about is, you know, let's talk about from a depressive disorder perspective. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, folks that struggle with depression, they're literally, their coping mechanisms telling them not to go to your class. Yeah, totally. Not like everything totally. in them is like, yeah. stay away from Nicole. Totally. Because it's just part of that process yes. and part of that mental health disorder. And so for us to be able to move in and for you able to be, be able to move in and mm -hmm. bigger than that, like this is what therapists do, mm -hmm. but you do it well and so does Dan. You hold space, mm. you meet people where they're at. And that's just this trauma informed side of you that you've had ever since the moment that I met you mm -hmm. that I think is really that kind of link in the chain um, that's missing. And a lot of programs like this with physical fitness and things like that involved is that meeting people where they're at is a really special thing to do. An easy thing to say, mm -hmm. but a much more special thing to do. And you do that really, really well. Thank you. So thank you I that. appreciate that. Yeah. It's, um, I, I've been in that space, mm -hmm. right? The depressive space where you don't want to work out, you don't want to move, you don't want to do anything. Mm. I've watched it happen in, in, in both of my children for various reasons. And so I, it's really hard because you want that, you want to pull them out of that yeah. so bad, yeah. so bad. But, but I do get yeah. it, yeah. you know, I do understand that. And so, um, yeah, I just hope that I hope that any time that we're with anyone that, that nobody feels pressure, like they feel like they have options. They feel like even part of those options are just showing up and being there and being like, that's the best I could do today was just hop on in and show up at the space, yeah. you know, so. Well, I think, I think what's so interesting too is, you know, as we brought you and Dan on, um, we pretty intentionally put you guys on the clinical team, which is, mm -hmm. I think, an interesting spot yeah. uh, to be on because um, to, to Chris's point, like you guys can hold space and there aren't a lot of people that sometimes can just sit with another person in their own darkness and not have to necessarily do anything about it, but just kind of sitting there with them and, and holding that sacred space, I think can be, uh, incredibly valuable. And, and you guys have been great at just kind of fitting in, uh, with all of us, uh, kind of half crazy counselors, um, as we, <laughs> as we kind of do our thing. Like, wow, it's a wild um, world in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like it, it is, it can be an intimidating, uh, spot to be, mm -hmm. I think, um, because we, we do talk in very emotional terms and, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and we carry a lot of, you know, emotional weight on our shoulders. And I, and you guys, um, you know, you have this physical element, but you carry that emotional side uh, incredibly well and have, have just fit in beautifully on the clinical team. Um, and I think that's a good segue, too, to as we were kind of revisiting the curriculum, um, really learning how to integrate movement um, with intentionality, yeah. right? I think there's a lot of programs um, that certainly offer activities and that sort of thing, but I... I don't know of any other program that, is, that has sat with an equal voice at a curriculum meeting and said, um, these are the 10 basic tenets or whatever of, of movement that we want to bring to this and how do we begin to integrate um, stamina and coordination and speed mm -hmm. and accuracy and agility um, and endurance. How do we incorporate those things into a curriculum when somebody's working on grief? How, do we, how does movement combine with that? And I'd love to hear kind of your journey on how integrating that is, is going so far, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I think, so a couple of things I want to start with. One, um, this list is actually, was actually, so if you ever were to like Google different like physical skills lists, there's some that are longer and shorter out yeah. there. This list was actually created by uh, Jim Colley and Bruce Evans. So this is their list. It's important for me to acknowledge that. And number two, CrossFit actually borrowed this list from them. Oh. And I huh. borrowed this list from CrossFit. 
right? <laughs> and so um, the reason that we like this list so much is it is all-encompassing. Like when you think about um, a, a human being who has capacity across all of these skills, physically, you're like, oh, they're, they're set up for success, right? Um, and, and any one of those, I, for me personally, and, and when I think about life, there's not one of them that I would say like, oh, I don't need that. You know, it's like they're all, they're all equally important. Um, I think the reason, to me, when I thought about this list in terms of physical skills and my experience with fitness, um, there is so much that's been tied into my mental health um, with regards to these and so much I've learned um, men uh, for, like mentally that, I've, that I started with physically. Mm -hmm. And then I recognized that like, oh wait, this, these things translate, these things carry mm -hmm. over. There's not one without the other because if you're gonna practice one, there's still a brain component to it, yeah. you know? And then to execute one well, let's say physically, there's a brain component, but then there also must mean that there has to be some kind of dedication or determination or something behind that that allows you to then do the other things that life demands, right? The, the mental things that life demands. Yeah. And so that was kind of like the birth of our idea, Dan and I's idea, because we've had different experiences, but similar in terms of the way that physical and mental um, have combined in our lives. And um, I think right now it's just, um, Maybe, I think recently, just having that meeting and kind of explaining how we see these tied together in, into mental health was finally what like pulled it all together. I think it would probably be great for you guys to tell me, because <laughs> there could be some assumptions here, but I think in my mind, um, fitness still felt so separate from mental yeah. mm -hmm. and and maybe once we finally had this conversation about how they actually do coexist and actually need each other um, that it finally kind of came together what I, what I love yeah. about these these kind of core tenants if you will a lot like what I what I was really intrigued about in the 12-step process in the infancy of my recovery is there's sustainability built into every one of those words mm -hmm. and so it's not there's not a number there's no numerical value. It doesn't say like when my waist size reaches, when my weight reaches, when my arms are this big, when I can run this fast. It just keeps you coming back for more. I love and that. So, so there's no finish line. And, yeah. and, and, and in that effort and, and in that culture, you can really begin to just kind of plane the tooth. Mm -hmm. Because never, I've never had so much endurance before, mentally, physically, and spiritually, and emotionally, that I can't come back and get some more and I can't grow. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I love most about it is mm -hmm. I think most people can find their way into each one of those tenants mm -hmm. um, with compassion yeah. and with connection. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really, really special. And when, you know, when I started my fitness journey, when I was a freshman in high school, we did a program called Bigger, Faster, Stronger. And if you weren't a part of the Thousand Pound Club, but they didn't teach you how to get to the Thousand Pound Club, it was just about put weight on your back and push it out, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think is probably more counterproductive today, yeah. um, or we're, we're at least realizing it. Um, so it was all about numbers, all about this stuff. So you'd get to these numbers and there was no sustainability. Nobody mm -hmm. would carry their routine um, forward. Right. Yeah. So that's what I really, really love about entrenching behaviors. And I've been using that word a lot lately, entrenching, because when somebody's in inpatient treatment, 
I mean, they say, you know, from zero to five, you're developing it just, but when you're coming into inpatient treatment and we're getting your world quiet, mm -hmm. the opportunity for growth into an entrench, just a normal movement routine and carry that gem of a gift with you out into your community and be infectious with it mm -hmm. is a really big opportunity here where um, I haven't felt that before in past peaks culture. And I certainly haven't felt it in my experience working in the field and being a human, um, kind of walking through my own early recovery experience. So mm -hmm. it's a breath of fresh air. I've been part of, a, I've worked out a lot, long time. I don't mind going into gyms, but going over to Dan and Nicole's class, if they didn't change the times, I mean, I was planning to be there every week. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just special. I'm like, okay, oh, oh, I knew I was getting that wrong. Yeah. You know, and just being present um, for myself. And that's what this stuff really, really uh, engages us to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think, we're, I think we're still at the front edge of really realizing mm -hmm. the benefit of this. And mm -hmm. I really, um, I know in that curriculum meeting, like when you presented this list, it all clicked into place for me. Yeah. Um, because cause there is so much crossover. This isn't, it's easy to read this and be like, you know, flexibility is, can you touch your toes? But it's mm -hmm. like, there's emotional flexibility. There's spiritual flexibility. There's yeah. same with power, same with speed, same with mm -hmm. uh, accuracy and, and agility. Like all of these things are um, pretty fundamental actually to our curriculum. We just probably would have never listed it in these words. Right. Um, and so, you know, to kind of, you know, maybe walk through a grief week, endure a grief week, if you will, and, mm. and, um, and walk through that, but have it also, how do I endure when I'm physically working out as well, I think is, I don't know, brilliant? Right around brilliant. Yeah, it, it's so cool that you guys are working together because it's like what we're learning throughout this um, I've been saying this quote a lot this week, Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, yeah. trauma in his mm -hmm. one line definition says to not be seen or known. Mm. So, so we're working with a lot of people that are coming in not having been seen or known, mm. Nev not, never mind the physical activity. Right. And so to really move this into the clinical realm, see we can see that some of these behaviors are informed through um, my process from zero to 17 and we can go back we you know we can integrate with Nicole and say hey so and so's not moving really well he's like oh because he had an experience like me on the soccer field at four years old where his dad came up and said you never get injured yeah. right and so now I can't take care of my mental health and sport this is this beautiful recipe that's built again for sustainability and for the clients that come into care it's just it is so awesome and the reason I know it's so awesome is I've been doing this quite a while and it's really awesome for me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I just know people coming in, they're loving it. Um, I get to sit with each and every client that comes through Peaks individually for a smoothie and just say, how are you? Mm -hmm. um, and a movement, movement is a huge part of yeah. that answer. That's yeah. cool, man. Awesome. So. We, were, we were joking, like it, it, it took us a while to call this movement. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And honestly, right. it, was, it was the most benign word I think that we could think of that would yeah. be the least triggering for people because yeah. mm -hmm. everybody moves to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, because when it was a workout or whatever, like it, it, it definitely bumped into a lot mm -hmm. of resistance around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the CrossFit was like, might as well oh, be telling yeah. people to jump in a cold lake. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. mm -hmm. but, but really getting this movement thing uh, has been, I think, pretty pretty fantastic, honestly. And, and I, I do appreciate your feedback. I've, I've been reflecting too, because um, in my eight years at Peaks, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time as, a, as just a primary therapist and, and going on hikes with clients. Um, to your point, like I, I'm usually pretty good about building engagement with people and like everybody would try. Everybody would at least give it an effort and go as far as they could. 
And just that accomplishment too, mm -hmm. I think, um, can be so powerful and, and, um, and it, you know, it's almost like a physics issue where it's just difficult to overcome inertia. Like it's difficult to go from not moving to just get moving a little bit, but usually then momentum I think can really build relatively quickly. And I think we see that pretty regularly mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of the last thing I did want to touch on too is I think also um, as part of inviting you to the curriculum meeting as well is like we've really realized um, when people come to Peaks, whether it's for mental health or substance use or both, they're really out of relationship, not only with their families or, or whatever, but they're out of relationship with their body. Like they've been ignoring their body, they've been poisoning their body or, or ignoring that like they need to get moving or get sunlight on their face or, or whatever for quite a while. And, um, and I think that's a core component of what, what you provide too is just how do you how do you get back in relationship with your body without kind of that shame or without um, judgment and that sort of thing that I think is so uh, mm -hmm. powerful as well. Chris, mm -hmm. do you like as we wrap up? Like, how does that kind of match your own personal experience too with with kind of re? Because I, I even think I've watched you get into a different relationship with your body in the last few years as well. That's why I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> it really it just it speaks to me. I yeah. mean, I grew up in sport, playing basketball, playing football. I've always been really, really active, um, but I never knew I could be mentally healthy within that mm -hmm. um, and be safe within my own body and know my own body mm -hmm. um, and be introspective. And um, on days when I'm not feeling as well, take some time off. You know, can I put myself first in my own treatment plan? I, you know, I say that oftentimes, and for whatever reason the world's energy had kind of moved into me in a way and, and put me like third on my own list. Yeah. And so it's, it's really been a breath of fresh air over the last few years. I mean, people used to ask to work out with me and I'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there is no way I could work out with you. I'd have to take my headphones out. We'd have to talk. That would be present. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? no way. Same with the different activities that I used to do. And, you know, it's, it started out with bringing Kezia, his daughter, into the yeah. gym. And she was in there for six months. And it, I would say, it changed my life. Yeah. For the opportunity to just be there with her and to walk through this and do this in a mentally healthy fashion where we could connect throughout the process, be mindful of what hurts, um, examine it, move through it, um, take days off, connect. Mm -hmm. And so it's been uh, an absolute gift um, of my recovery is this real holistic opportunity we have to sustain our recovery today. And I think for a number of years, at least for me anyway, and the people that we've served have felt like this industry's come in and put a box over everybody's head. And they're like, oh, well, I certainly don't want to die, and so I, I'll do all of these things. And I think a quality of life has been abysmal. And now with these new opportunities for movement and to integrate with core concepts like this and the curriculum and potentially 12-step and Dharma, we just have a plethora of mindful opportunities to grow in our recovery. And no better for me than this holistic approach mm -hmm. that y'all are kicking out. It's amazing. So. I think what's really fun, too, is that over... Um, over time, you know, everyone's introduced to each one of these. And, and inevitably, something's going to speak a little bit loudly to people more than others. Mm -hmm. But if they've never experienced it, then they don't even have the opportunity to go like, what, what does speak to me? What does make me want to move my body? Is it more this? Is it more that? Mm -hmm. And so um, just giving folks an opportunity to, to experience something for them to go, yes, no, what yeah. feels right, what doesn't, connecting to self mm -hmm. and going, 
Like all of these are important, but I could spend a little bit more time here because I like it. Right. And I know the difference between what I like and what I don't like in my body now. Yeah. You know, I yeah, love that. You brought it up so simply on the front end too. It's like, can we really get some, some meaningful goals? Mm -hmm. You know, in 2016, when I was doing what I was doing, I wasn't in a great mental health space and I wasn't in a good physical space either. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I found it tough to get up, off, up and off the ground with my young newborns. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'd really like to do that better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I started moving a little bit more outside, hence running a little bit, jogging, started off with slow, fast walking and mm -hmm. things like that. And so I think when we can define a more proportionate goal, um, again, that sustainability and the quality of life and happiness that consumes us as a result is so cool, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? I would invite everybody in my neighborhood to come in my garage and work out with me now, that, but they're just like, dude, okay, <laughs> <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> All right, well, I, I appreciate you coming on, Nicole, and, yeah, and really uh, shedding a little light into into this movement component that we are offering here at Peaks. And Chris, as always, it's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And with that, we will uh, wrap up this episode of Finding Peaks. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, find these episodes on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Um, and Chris, TikTok? We're pushing going? out some great TikToks. Coover and I in the back are on some really good, meaningful stuff. Just simplicity, some good stuff to wake up to in the morning. So check us out. Check us out.